have to genderize it. We never ever say boy boss. We never ever say, oh, you're so boy bossing today. Or I boy bossed so hard I'm exhausted. No, but you do hear genderizing around girl bosses, like girl boss so hard that, you know, now I have responsibilities. I don't know a woman without a million responsibilities in her life just quietly. Hi, I'm Kirsten Leo, and this is the Light Path Podcast, brought to you by thelightpathcollective.com. I am passionate about exploring energetic practices, spiritual principles, healing modalities, and connecting to the experience and wisdom of others to illuminate our paths and live at our greatest capacity for abundance, worthiness, and love. Have you heard of the saying, girl boss? or even witnessed, especially on social media, the rise of girl boss culture, sayings, and even the satire of what it means to be a girl boss. To be honest, the first time I heard this saying, it really didn't sit okay with me. And I think after about a year of sitting in this and watching it unfold, in our society, I'm finally ready to speak up about it and maybe discuss and shed a little light on how it is potentially damaging the divine feminine and doing more harm than good to the rise and the power of the female in leadership. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. So lovely as always and humbling to have you here to explore these uh, things together, to explore society together, to ultimately be questioning and expanding our belief systems and our subconscious so we can constantly be evolving and becoming better. If you're watching this on YouTube, for those of you that listen to this on a podcast platform, thank you so much for that. It would help the podcast so much if you were able to uh, subscribe and to even leave a a rating. That would be awesome to keep us going. Um, And if you're watching this on YouTube, so this podcast is actually delivered in video form on YouTube. You might notice that my background isn't my usual background. It's no real major reason other than I kind of just simply felt like sitting on the floor. (laughs) The floor was calling me today. Um, And I've kind of been sitting on the floor a lot lately. So I imagine that the next few episodes are probably going to be on the floor. I might get back to my seat eventually. Um, But either way, however you're listening to this podcast, thanks so much for joining me and thanks so much for following along I really appreciate it feel free to please reach out you know you can reach out via social media at the light path collective um, on Instagram or Facebook our Facebook community group the light path community is an awesome place to reach out not just to me but to all the other practitioners on the light path collective and all the other people that listen along, follow along and are engaged in our community just to ask questions or discuss, you know, anything that's on your mind really. Um, But like I said, reach out, you know, if there's anything that you'd love us to talk about here, anything you're questioning, uh, I I learn just as much from that, um, just as much from you guys as I do from, you know, my own experiences that I'm kind of sharing with you here. And that gets me kind of onto today's topic where I really want to talk about girl boss culture 
because I'm not going to lie, I kind of think it's quite toxic and almost counterproductive to the need for women to step up into their full potential to push to the edges of their innate capacity and offer their beautiful natural gifts to the world in a way that is really respectful of who they are and how it is that we naturally do things. And I'm not going to lie, the work I've done around leadership, any courses I've done around leadership or anything that I've read about leadership has really done little to help me be a leader, let alone an effective or impactful one. Uh, In fact, I don't even feel comfortable with the word leadership. I I never have. It doesn't sit right with me, um, but I just don't know a better a better word for it. In and my first experiences of leadership were in the field of education, and within that field, in my experience, and this is just my interpretation. So you know, take it or leave it. Um, the what I saw generally speaking was you get promoted into leadership roles within schools and sectors because for two reasons either a you were a really good educator so you were a really highly effective classroom practitioner not necessarily a good leader that was my experience Um, or the converse could happen or at least I saw it happening Um, that sometimes the structures and the systems didn't really know what to do with less effective educators um, and would put them into leadership roles to, in a way, kind of foster that part of their career rather and try to make them good leaders because their classroom practitioning probably wasn't as effective or that, you know, maybe the system would have liked. Um... And as a result of that, in my education career, I don't feel I had too many amazing leaders to look up to. A lot of amazing people, and I think that's the cool thing about education. You don't get into education because you're a bad person. You're usually getting into it because to your core, you have this calling, this vocation to serve. And so most people I found working alongside or four in education were truly heart-centered people. They were following a vocation, which is so beautiful. And so I loved that experience of it. Did I get to look up to and learn from many amazing, dynamic, inspiring leaders? <sighs> no. And I, although I did have one amazing leader quite early on in my career and this leader happened to be a woman and as I reflect on her leadership style she embodied what I can see now with a lot of hindsight the leadership qualities that Brene Brown talks about a lot Um, and this was way before Brene Brown was in my awareness let alone the public domain But what I really liked about this leader's leadership style was that she was very clear 
and she was very fair and she was very consistent. And they are qualities that Brene Brown often attributes to being really effective within relationships, let alone within leadership. And I think as a woman, when you're very clear and you're very fair and you're very consistent, that that can come off as or people perceive it as maybe the less desirable female qualities of maybe being a little bit cold, a little bit too down the line, uh, a little bit too structured in their leadership. But I loved it because I always knew where I stood, where the boundaries were and what the expectations were of and for me. And I have worked with then many wishy-washy leaders, some of them being men, and I found it so frustrating and very, very uninspiring to work with them. And then, you know, came the, the, the term, you know, in the rise of social media that I witnessed this term, girl boss. I cannot stand this term. I find it so toxic. And here is why. If a boss is a boss, then why do we have to genderize it? We never ever say boy boss. We never ever say, oh, you're so boy bossing today. Or I boy bossed so hard I'm exhausted. No, but you do hear genderizing around girl bosses, like girl boss so hard that, you know, now I have responsibilities. I don't know a woman without a million responsibilities in her life just quietly, boss or not. Um, so I really hate that the girl boss rise or this phrase has genderized leadership where it's just another example of where men don't get that. And the saying actually in my experience of it, hearing it, refers to a woman who has asserted her authority or has expanded into her wisdom and her skill set rather than a woman who is simply respected because of the position that she may hold. So it's almost as if as a woman, we have to justify why we are in a position of leadership, not power, but leadership, where we have the responsibility to maybe drive a business forward, where we have the responsibility to oversee a project or a department where we go into our own businesses and become responsible for the entire organization and running of that. And so the term girl boss is all about a woman who's asserted that rather than I find in the way I'm receiving it, you might receive it totally different, totally fine. Rather than just being respected because she has had the guts to put herself out there. She has had, uh, she's willing to do the work to 
uh, foster all the skills or the expertise that she needs in order to facilitate a work environment for herself or other people. I also think Girl Boss reads with aggression, which at its core is not a female quality. I could apply this to also like bad bitch. Like I hate any kind of term or saying where women are referred to in really derogatory ways like she's my bitch she's my bad bitch I just I can't stand it and this is another one that goes to that because again conversely you don't hear men talk about each other that way like you don't hear men talk about um their counterpart saying oh you bad bastard or whatever the the synonym would be in in terms of genderizing that and what I find is it's mostly women saying girl boss or bad bitch stuff like that it's not in my experience this might not be true but I don't find men saying that a lot And it just feels energetically like a really aggressive energy behind that term because it's got that connotation of that working hard, that hustling, that aggression to push forward. And I'm not saying that women cannot be aggressive when required, but it's actually when required. It's not within our divine feminine nature and ultimately I think girl boss culture this culture of genderizing women in leadership and personifying them down to these really uh, slangish kind of terms really actually encourages women to be really in their masculine or even in their hyper masculine and if you're in your hypermasculine, then you actually by default are abandoning your beautiful feminine essence. So, I mean, I'm not going to go huge into masculine and feminine energy here because I think we've kind of all got an understanding of that. But just in its basic terms, that masculine energy of protector and provider of that strength and that and really being assertive and leading in a way that shows consistency and and calm and decisiveness it's i mean it's so beautifully done by men who embrace their masculine nature in a really healthy robust way and when women do it It is also so beautiful, but for a woman to be in their divine feminine essence, we have to be really connected to our bodies, rather driven by and stuck within our minds. Whereas beautiful divine masculine energy is more mind-centered rather than body-centered. And this isn't a conversation at all about men and women and who does it better I actually want this conversation to celebrate the differences 
and to embrace the differences and to honor the differences. But by using these phrases in a little bit of a throwaway or a gimmicky way, we are, we are kind of pulling the essence of the woman. If you want to be a leader, if you want to be respected as that, your girl bossing, it's damaging our feminine nature we, and drawing us away from our beautiful truth and our authenticity. And it, whenever that happens, it damages us. It damages us mentally or psychologically. It damages us emotionally and it actually damages us hormonally. I have never, uh, well, I, I think I got massively hormonally imbalanced and sick. Well, I, I don't think I know. I got massively imbalanced when I was it felt like being forced to lead and to work and to act in a way that felt so counteractive and so counter natural to how I would usually like to do it because I was told this is how you lead this is how we expect you to do it even when I knew it was wrong I knew it was not effective and I knew I was actually being positioned in really difficult spots a lot of my career in middle management in education And it harmed me so much so that I do actually have a hormonal disorder now. Uh, I have an autoimmune disease now. Like it really does damage it. And I'm not saying that that means that women can't be in leadership, that we can't be a boss or, you know, be really successful in our chosen field. I'm absolutely not saying that at all. But what I am saying is Definitely in my experience and just hearing things like girl boss culture, like I work so hard, now I'm girl bossing or I girl boss so hard that now I have all these responsibilities. I think it's just shining a light on that aspect of women being pulled away from their divine feminine essence and into their masculine essence in their mind, which we have both and we can use both for sure. But basically, it pulls us into complete and utter imbalance and burnout from this like harsh or more rigid hustle culture that is so praised in our society. And what's interesting is that personally, I quite like a hustle. I love a challenge and and it really motivates me. But I have learned through a lot of trial and error and through giving myself a lot of grace and space to hustle in a way that allows me to step into and expand into my feminine rather than discard it and do it in the masculine way. So when I'm working hard or setting myself challenges, they only come from my intuitive nudges. I intuitively know that this feels right for me. And then I get to using my mind to create that for myself whilst being very in tune with my intuition on how to do that, on when to do that, on when to stop doing that, on when to push forward, on when to speak, when to pull back, when to stay quiet, rather than just relying on this masculine energy of push forward, go for it, provide, protect, all that masculine energy. And I mean, women, our mental load is so huge. I mean, how many 
hours do you spend a day planning for your life, working, organizing, thinking for the home, thinking for other people, even if you're just on your own, planning for the meals that you're making, um, the schedules that you have, the socializing that you do, the organizing around that. I th- Basically, that is a lot of time spent using your energy to give to the world rather than looking after yourself, even though part of that is looking after yourself and we're told that is the way we're supposed to look after ourselves. So what happens when we lean into this girl boss narrative is that our beautiful essence of femininity is replaced by beautiful divine masculine qualities which maybe aren't really completely for us. They're for us to an extent, of course, just as a man's intuition and their emotions and their sensitivity and their empathy is for them as well. But basically, you know, things like our intuition is being replaced with strategic and logical thought. Our sensuality the way in which we dress, the way in which we move, the way in which we show up into the world becomes really masculinized with even just our outfits or the way we speak or the way we're not supposed to act or respond. Our softness, our lusciousness is replaced by this formality, this Uh, stay inside the lines these rules these rigidity and, and almost like it feels a little bit tense our feelings our emotional body which is so wise kind of gets swallowed up with all the headiness of you know numbers and documents and analytical takes on spreadsheets now do we have to do all these things sure but can we do them in a way that honors our feelings our 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 intuition our sensuality and how beautiful and soft we are absolutely women at our core we are very playful we're here to dance to be in life in a way that is fun and when we're girl bossing we're serious we're in control we're in that hustle and we don't want to be in this world we don't want a world where women are extremely masculinized and we need to start doing something about this I'm sure every single person knows a woman in their life or maybe you are this woman in your life who is extremely capable, extremely intelligent, successful, has all their shit together, like is just awesome and cannot find an amazing masculine partner. And I would argue it's probably because through the rise of the feminine and equality, we've gone a bit too far and in that too far, in that pendulum swing, We've kind of left men behind a bit and we've definitely, I believe, left them quite confused. It's almost as if 
we said we didn't need a man, that we could do anything a man can do. But guess what? I don't want to do everything a man can do. <laughs> um, and I want men to stand up in their divine masculine and and really embody all those beautiful qualities. And I know for that to happen one by one, each of us women have to really stake a claim and really on our own and live in our absolutely beautiful feminine energy. And I think, you know, it's very recent history. It's very, very recent history that women have been fighting for this equality and we are still fighting. But I think, like I said, the pendulum may have swung a little bit too far. And I think the way back to equality is to appreciating and understanding that these two energies of which we possess both individually, but then as a society are different. And that is wonderful because they're so complementary. That working together with all of us in our own authenticity actually makes the dish of the humanity, of the business, of the relationship, whatever it is, it actually makes it so delectable. It's not too salty. It's not all sweet. It's got this amazing, beautiful balance. So how do we overcome this? Because let me tell you something. It's not the man's or the masculine's role to fix this. It's actually up to us as women, ironically, to lead and show up in unapologetically in our divine feminine. So what can we do? Well, we can obviously practice connecting to our feminine essence. And I get that most women don't know how to do that. I am currently creating a beautiful course to help you do that. But connecting to your feminine essence is the first thing. Who? What is your feminine essence? What does it feel like? What does it look like? What do you enjoy about it? to really spend a lot of time embracing that. Obviously, setting boundaries um, in terms of our life and our work and to be assertive in that way, to also be brave enough, to be brave enough to show up in the working environment embracing your feminine qualities like a simple example of this is I think it would be perfectly acceptable tell me if I'm wrong out there because I don't work in corporate but I kind of feel like if a man said I have this gut feeling you know I have this gut feeling that this is the right thing to do this is the right way to go that's way more acceptable than a woman saying I feel really intuitively strongly that this is the right decision same concept for men, they're just using a masculine way of describing intuition and the women's just using their feminine way of describing intuition, actually using the word intuition. Same thing, but I wonder what would be more accepted in a meeting space or around the table. And I think, like I said, that it is us women that have to show the way and drive this forward. Told you we were natural leaders. Um, but men too can really help in this. Men need to step up and start protecting the women in their life, in their home life, in their work life. Because whenever a man fails to really be in own honor and stay really true to their divine masculine, women will naturally just overcompensate. 
We will. We will step into that masculine role. So for men, that's just allowing her to be the woman, to to be chivalrous, take her on dates, to allow, encourage her and help her set boundaries, um, to really encourage her to expand and relax and have fun while he leads and he, he you know, you know, takes the reins for a bit. So she feels safe to expand and to soften and and to to be out of that control, go, 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 girl boss energy and give her the space to really, really surrender into her body. And I think that this is such a beautiful way that the world will be able to heal and the world will be able to find its way back into this beautiful balance, into this beautiful dance that I think for quite some time now, we've really, really forgotten. So how exciting to be open to even being part of this wave, part of doing things differently for the benefit of not just ourselves, but all the women and all the men that shall come after us. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. Ultimately, I think it's just being us, us being mindful of the words that we use, knowing that the words that we use will have its their own energetic pull behind them and to be really conscious that we're using words that empower, acknowledge and respect our authenticity and our truth rather than degrade it or try to match it or make it something that it is not. Would love to hear your thoughts over on the Light Path Collective Facebook group. Uh, because I'm sure that this is going to be a triggering topic and people might not like everything that I've said. You know, I'm open to the discussion because it's just learning and thinking out loud and reflecting on my personal experiences of, of managing this energy. But for now, as always, I invite you to explore your divine feminine and to fall in love with the true essence of who you are. And as you do, as always, I'll be sending you so much love. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Light Path Podcast. I hope that the information shared here has helped illuminate your path. Be sure to check out the show notes for links related to this episode. While you're there, remember to subscribe to the podcast to ensure you never miss an episode. I'm Kirsten Leo, and I can't wait to explore and expand our capacity for abundance, worthiness, and love together in the next episode.